0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab tires. Tires? Twi- I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you weave, say tires? you've Cluco It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast i'm luke anderson i'm will Darkins,
2: and this is sponsored by les schwab tires is that right i think so okay yep enjoy doing the right thing since 1952
1: rise and shine jerks it's football time send your wife to brunch, ship the kids off to grandma's, and tell your girlfriend you're busy. loves his wife, and he takes care of his kids, and he's got a good life. The Center and the Saint are here to get you ready for the weekend's gridiron action. We're going to get you all set up with everything you need to know about what's going on in college football this Saturday. Frostbrewed Coors Light presents the Center and the Saint tailgate show with gluten-free former Beavers fullback Will Darkins. Here's your host and junior varsity legend Luke Anderson on 10 City, the fan. It's just an unfortunate side effect of beer plus football plus just being an idiot. Football!
3: Well, this is the other JD legend here at 1080 The Fan. If you can't tell, I am not the homie Luke Anderson. My name is Rashad Taylor. You can catch me on Sports Sunday, Football Sunday tomorrow. But for today, I am filling in for my guy, Luke. On the center and the saint i have finally arrived wait a second you're not luke i'm not luke i'm a, my, my tan is a little too deep to be luke yeah i was gonna say i know luke got back from hawaii a while ago but yeah i didn't think he got tan that much yeah he'd have to work really really hard a lot of time <laughs> in the sun to get this dark man so I'm, I'm happy to be here so i got a call or a message the other day and actually i got a few of them and every time my man will Darkins reaches out to me to come and do the show I'm always busy, like I always have something to do on you Saturday. You're the busiest man I've ever known in my life. I don't know about that. I mean, but typically Saturdays are I'm, I'm doing some things, some tournaments, maybe some other things. So I always have to pass. But this is the one time I didn't have anything going. I was so excited to come and do this. And then also, you know, those are my, my Luke and, and and Keith Hill. Shout out to the dorm guy. You know, those are my guys, you know, uh, first season hunt for the host. Uh, of course, I came in third. Those guys got Wait, first you were on Hunt for the Host? I was on Hunt for the Host. I'm I didn't from, know that. I'm from the first season. Yes, sir. So uh, Keith went ahead and, and, and won. Luke came in at, at a close second. I think they just felt bad for me. And uh, the way I walked off off the stage was really kind of sad. And so then they offered me a show later on. So uh, was,
2: I think you were the most talented of them all. You're
3: probably right, but I, I'm not I gonna, know I'm right because, my,
2: and Luke will, uh, will never hear that because he won't listen to this. So I feel comfortable telling you that it feels good telling you
3: that. Well, I appreciate it because I've always <laughs> known, but now that you've kind of reiterated that, yeah. uh, I feel really, really good, man. So hell yeah. Uh, so if, if you can catch me tomorrow morning on football Sunday with one Mike Lynch, but for today, this is the center in the St. Um, I'm happy to be here, man. looks like we have an awesome show. I'm looking at the rundown that Will did for me. This is really professional, man. Thank you.
2: I, You know, I worked in news for a while. I worked at uh, Fox, not the bad Fox, the local Fox. And uh, it's all about professionalism, Rashad. We're all very professional here. This
3: is A1, man. I'll be honest. The the rundowns that I typically create, I'm writing down, you know, and so it's all sloppy handwriting and everything. But this is actually great. So I'm going to tell you guys what we got coming off the show. At 1015, Oregon State is named the new head coach. It's not some of the names we thought it would be, but Jonathan Smith is a new head coach at Oregon State. Uh, we're going to talk about is he ready for how bad it will really be. Five years, Port my Dallas? friend.
2: I'm giving it five years. Gonna that five? It's going to be a dumpster fire. Well,
3: I, don't, I mean, if, we'll we'll see. I'm, I think he might be good. You know, but what's your expectation? You can make sure you interact with us on the Bridgeport Beers text line five five three zero five and kind of let kind of let us know what's going on with there. Blazers win three straight. And then they got blown out last night. So we'll dive into the Blazers as far as what the hell is going on. Are they a good team, dude? I,
2: I was talking to Sprague the other day because Sprague actually went to that game, and uh, he said watching Giannis Antetokounmpo in real life is like a video game.
3: He's uh, he's a he's a video game. That's exactly he's a creative player. A friggin' seven foot dude who runs
2: the length of the court in like three strides.
3: Yeah, uh, he, he he had a play where he took two dribbles from half court and dunk the ball like that's he is a the greek freak is an understatement like so we're gonna dive more into Giannis and talk about really what a freak he actually is um also good versus evil as always 10 o'clock why is it so hard to hire a college football coach this college football search has been or for coaches has been really weird and crazy we've seen a couple of big names ish well well, you and i were talking about it the fact that herm edwards has a job now in college football is kind of strange considering he was just doing nfl uh the nfl show on espn so a little strange that he's going to college but i see Herm as a huge taskmaster so i think college is right up his alley uh coming up at 10 30 as always is the growler and the grill we're gonna have stupid burger in local uh two northeast guys that came up with their own burger joint and they went from a cart to their very own restaurant so they're gonna come in they're gonna bring Will and I some burgers, and uh, we're going to see what's going on with that, man. So we've got a great show for you. But first, before we get to all that, I'm sure you've all heard the rumors. I'm sure if you're paying attention to paying attention to your, to your uh, team stream or to your Twitter. Facebook, your Twitter, ESPN, whatever the case is, Willie Taggart, he's not on a hot seat, but he's actually, you know, the, the one that's kind of, He's being sought after. He's being sought out. Sought by
2: after by Florida State, dude. I can't believe that Jimbo Fisher jumped ship and went to Texas A&M. That deal is worth seventy-five million dollars over five years. The
3: seventy-five dude, million dollars. The dude's richest, getting seven and a half each year. The richest coaching uh, contract in college football yes, history. Yes, that can be confirmed because
2: I think that Saban was considered the highest-paid public employee like ever. Or, or at least at this point right now. But now you have to put Jimbo Fisher in that light. Because I think that's the thing you forget. These college football coaches, they're actually public employees. They yeah. work
3: for universities. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting paid $75 million over this five-year span. And he's going to Texas. And mind you, he was already in Florida, so there was no state tax. And so yeah. he was already getting all that money. And I was going to Texas, the other place where <laughs> there's no state tax. So he's going to get a lot of that money. But it has a lot of people talking about Willie Taggart. Now, for those who haven't been following, the rumor is that Florida State or one of the floor, the big Florida jobs would be Willie Taggart's dream job. Yes. He's from the area, I think.
2: Um Yep. He uh I think Brandonton or something like that. Very small town in Florida. It's right. it's right in the like the thick of the handle, like the crappy part of the handle.
3: Yeah, the part that nobody really wants to go to. You you can see on, on any why, type of. Why
2: is it that Florida is so beautiful, but everyone that lives there just is so Just out of sorts. I don't want to say trashy, but I just did.
3: Florida's a weird place, man. Like, I mean, having been (laughs) to, like, you go to Miami, and as soon as you turn the corner, it goes from South Beach to the hood (laughs) fast. And you're like, how did I get here and how do I get out? You know, but that's what Florida is. Uh, Coral Gables, anybody? Yeah, Yeah, Florida is full of places like that. So you're absolutely right. I don't know why such a beautiful place has so many just crap areas. No, No offense to anybody from Florida, you have a beautiful state. Lots of beautiful yes, women. Yes, but you okay. suck. You, but you. If you live there, you yes. suck. Yes. yes, more more than likely. So, but Willie Taggart is from there, and seems like he likes it because he might be considering going back. Now, he's came out and kind of, not really, said that. I'm not going anywhere. This but, was
2: at a press conference yesterday.
3: Yeah, and I think we have some sound from that. From This is from uh, Taggart's press conference yesterday in Eugene. Uh, you tell us whether or not he sounds like he's staying. Somebody asked me whether I'm happy and all of that, and still smiling, still happy. Still the coach here. Uh, not addressing any of that rumor stuff, okay? So uh, you guys want to talk about our football team? People want to know about the rumors. Uh, Asked whoever started the rumors. No, we don't want to ask our football, I'm a football coach here. Been working <laughs> a tail off recruiting and getting ready for bowl practice.
0: We keep asking and fans keep wondering because there's never been definitive yes or no in the year. So will you be the coach here next year? Can you say that? Why wouldn't I be? I'm a
3: football coach. I mean, you guys ask me that like you're trying to get me out of here or something.
2: That's pretty clear. And I'm like, I thought we are better than
1: that. You know, why wouldn't I be? Have you or your agent been contacted by officials at
2: Florida State at
1: all? Nope. It's so okay. Can we, can we move on now?
3: This is when, you, I guess, you get caught by your girlfriend cheating. And I'm like, oh, no, why would I cheat on you? Why would I do that? <laughs> I am still your boyfriend. I would, I mean, I n- didn't say no. You said, "Why would I do it?" You know, put the put the onus on you. But but there's a condom wrapper in your car. Why would I? Why would I have that in my car? Why would I? I'm your man. You tell me that. Why would I do that to you? I'm your man. That's what (laughs) Willie Taggart. So he didn't come out and say, "Yes, I'm gonna be here." You know why? And there's a question that that Will wrote down. And why wouldn't he just come out and say, "Man, yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna be the coach of the Ducks." If it's if you really are going to stay here. And you love your job in Eugene so much. You've done a phenomenal job this year with recruiting. That's, you know, we, we've we've stated that enough. Number one recruiting class in the country. The first time the Ducks have ever uh, had that honor of being the number one recruiting class. But if that's the case, yeah, I'll be here next year. This is where I want to be. Like, if you're happy somewhere, there is no, oh well, you know, I'm kind of, no, I'm happy with me and my lady. We're good. You know, I'm going to stay right here.
2: To me, this goes back to Nick Saban. Like, I think about Nick Saban in this situation, because if you remember when he was at uh, Miami coaching the Dolphins, there was that press conference he had where he comes up and he just goes, you know what? I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the coach at Alabama. And you think about that and you know that Saban was a guy who would basically lie to the media whenever he wanted to because he always had this other alternative motive. But it wasn't until he got that offer in 2013 or, you know, unofficially got that offer from Texas in 2013 that he came out and he goes, you know what? My family's really happy here. We really enjoy living here. I feel like this is where I really want to be at this moment at this time. If Taggart would have come out and said that, because there are reports from Eugene that like his family loves living there. His son plays at Sheldon. Uh, you know, I, I think he wants to stay and develop a life there, but you also look at the price tag that Jimbo Fisher just got at Texas A&M. you got to believe that Florida State's going to put a bigger price on that for Taggart. Absolutely. Oregon did extend his contract for $20 million for five years.
3: Yeah, that was before Jimbo got 75 <laughs> to go to Texas A&M. So now, man, if you really want Willie Taggart, Florida State, Man, show him the money. Jerry Maguire, you know what I'm saying? Rod Tidwell, go ahead and break out your checkbook. I mean, I don't know if it's as big as Uncle Phil's, but it's still pretty thick. But there's a couple questions that come to mind. So let's just go ahead and assume Willie Taggart is out of town. You know, he does the Chip Kelly and leaves, you know, the the money on the nightstand and and shakes before anybody knows that he's left the house. What does this do for the Ducks? Number one, what does this do to the recruits that you just got? Do they all stay? Do some of them shake and, and go elsewhere? What is the what's? I guess who who comes in and replaces Willie Taggart? Here's somebody who's taken Oregon from four wins to eight. So what could be eight wins in one year? Well, dude, this would be like a Lane Kiffin. I mean, would he would be just like Lane Kiffin.
2: Yeah, and, and I think honestly, I think you might end with the same record if he did leave right now as Lane Kiffin did when he left Tennessee. Lane Kiffin won seven games and brought Tennessee to kind of relevance in one year, and then he bounced for USC. And so you kind of have to think about it and say, well, are Duck fans going to react the same way that Tennessee Tennessee fans react to Lane Kiffin now? Which, if you're over there, I'm pretty sure if you mention Lane Kiffin's name, you're getting punched. Yeah, probably. I went to a West Virginia game, I think, like, I want to say three or four years ago. And it was in well, still Dana Holkinson is still coaching there. But I remember I was kind of talking to some people at a tailgate, and I mentioned Rich Rodriguez. And it was almost like I just blurted out the word as loud as I could. That's a cuss word. Yeah, it's it's literally like, what are you talking about, Rich Rod?
3: No, and, and, and I don't want to hear it. And I'm curious if Willie Taggart actually does leave the University of Oregon and does go to Florida State, yeah. or really goes to any one of those major college football powerhouses. Do ducks fan? Do duck fans hate him? Yes, instantly. Oh and I, yes, I, I think they absolutely do. He becomes
2: enemy of the state.
3: I personally, so mind you, I'm a little older. You know, i you know professionally and some other things, I've had a chance, I have an opportunity to really do some things. When your dream job calls. Or your dream woman or man, for that matter, when they call, you don't sit on that. You 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 take advantage of it. If you can, ha- if you have an opportunity to buy your dream home, you do it.
2: Or maybe you do sit on
3: it. <laughs> <Or> maybe- <laughs> That's what she said. So, uh, so when you have these things, I think you take advantage of them. Like how often, if Scarlett Johansson is your dream woman and she comes to you right now and says, well... You're who I want to be with, and you come over here. I'll take the man. Bye. I'm gone.
2: Yeah, I, I'm probably leaving. I'm
3: sorry. I'm gone. I mean, I'm going to leave
2: my girlfriend Cat an apartment,
3: and I'm sure for Kat, Scarlett Johansson. And I'm sure Cat is is amazing. And the cat's know, great. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Now, here's my question: Is Scarlett Johansson going to uh, support me financially?
3: I think she can be my sugar mama. She's got. The, I think she's got enough money to do it.
2: So, like, in this situation, like, I don't have to work anymore, right? Like, no. I'm just eye candy. You could, yes,
3: that's exactly what you are. Yeah, I'm you probably going to leave. You hold her purse when she's on the red carpet. I'll do it. Sold. You'd be okay with that? I mean, I, I'd have to, like, hold, stand behind, like, a curtain or something like that and make sure I'm out of the shot completely yeah. so nobody sees me with the purse. And
2: maybe, like, have a drink with you, too. Like, you, 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 you yeah. would be at that point now where, like, you'd be with Scarlett Johansson's uh, assistant. Like a good relationship to a point where she understands. On the red carpet, you need a drink with you while you're holding the purse. Yes,
3: exactly. And a, a, a nice stiff brown one, so everybody knows what a man I am. Yes, you know, it has to be something because you're a tough guy. Absolutely. You see, I'm glad you recognize that, man. So we're <laughs> gonna go ahead and break. But uh, do you want to talk about this some more? or Should we save this for a little bit later?
2: Let's save this for a little bit later. And okay. I want to circle back around to this again with uh, a poll question that we put out on 1080 the fan at 1080 the fan the. Uh, Twitter page there. Let's say you are a power five conference and you're trying to choose from coaches that are still left or still kind of rumored about the choices that we have, I think is, uh, Mr. Lane Kiffin. So I don't know if you want to take that one. Les Miles, Scott Frost, and uh, Kevin Sumlin. So, Mm. Give us some responses there, at 1080thefan.com. We'll circle back to that at
3: 10. At 1080thefan.com, or get it at the Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305. Let us know. Scott Frost, Lane Kiffin. Uh, who are the other ones? Todd Graham? Less Miles. Less Miles. So let us know here, right here on 1080thefan. But when we come back, Oregon State has a new coach. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Coming up right here on Center of the Saint 1080 thefan Nine nineteen. 10 the fan, center in the Saint, Rashad Taylor in for, uh, I was going to say, Luke Hill. <laughs> Luke Anderson. Yeah, it's close enough. Sales extraordinaire. I'm in for him today. I'm sitting here with my guy, Will Darken. How's it going, Will? Freaking good?
2: amazing, man.
3: How are you feeling about your new head coach, bud? My new head coach? I, I guess mean, he is our head, yeah, new head he coach. Yeah, he is your head coach now. Oregon State University hired Jonathan Smith this week. Jonathan Smith. I think he was a former... Or offensive coordinator for the UW Huskies. He was Um, also a former quarterback for the Beavers. He was
2: actually there right before my brother started playing there.
3: uh, Was he he really? Yeah. And uh,
2: Smith, he had a good story that I think a lot of the Oregon State alum and faithful kind of attached themselves to the whole idea that, uh, you know, he's a walk-on quarterback coming from California, earns himself the job and, you know, leads him to a Fiesta Bowl win. And Mm -hmm. it's a good story.
3: It's a great story. It's a great story. And – When I first heard of the hire, I'll be honest, I kind of turned my nose up Mm. because I'll I'll be real. Initially, when the story broke on, I believe it was Saturday night that Oregon State would be hiring Bo Baldwin. Yes. And I'll be honest, I thought that was a home run. You know, you look at what Bo Bo Baldwin was able to do at Cal in the one year that he was there with Justin Wilcox. And really the way he turned that offense around, Cal looked like they could score. They looked like an okay team. You know, they weren't. They were bad. They well, Everybody
2: kind of thought they were going to win just like three or four games. They, but-
3: and they weren't terrible. They surprised <sighs> a lot of people. They were able to move the ball. The defense looked good, and that's you know, credit to Wilcox, and nobody really saw that coming. And so I thought Bo Baldwin, especially being here in the Northwest, being he coached at Eastern Washington. If you know anything about Eastern Washington, he was able to put out a plethora of great receivers, you know, Yes, a lot of which are, you know, not fantasy monsters right now, but Cooper cup, Cooper cup is a name that all comes up quite often. And on the fantasy scramble on football Sunday, Um, there's a young man from Portland named Kendrick Bourne who played for Eastern Washington and now plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The great quarterbacks, you know, for one Vernon Adams, you know, the Oregon ducks went nine and three uh, following Mariota's, you know, departure to the NFL a lot of which was because Vernon Adams was so good and was able to kind of step into that role. And really, Will and I talked about seamless quarterback transitions, and that was one of the more seamless transitions. We oh were yeah. Able to see. The other was, one we had
2: was uh, Vince Young, Colt McCoy. Vince
3: Young, Colt McCoy. Uh, you'll see a uh, Carson Palmer, Matt um, Liner Matt liner type yep. thing. Even even when uh, Butt Fumble kind of took over for Carson Paul or for uh, Matt liner after a while. Oh Matt, after, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez took over. Yeah. They were okay. Yeah. You know, they they were still good, but. Here's a guy that knows the program in Oregon State. So I think that's a – with Gary Anderson coming, not being from the area, um, used to doing some pretty big winning at Wisconsin, at least for a little bit. Uh, it's hard to win in Corvallis. You know, I mean, from somebody who's actually lived there and knows what the what the culture of the campus is like, Yeah, it's tough to recruit there. Well, it, yeah, not only that, but
2: I think that – this is a hire that is right back to our expectations if you're a Beaver fan. I remember playing there. There's always kind of an expectation that you're going to win seven games. That's just the expectation. But at a certain point, if you can exceed that, if you win eight or nine, I mean, that's a huge victory. And when, uh, when Gary Anderson came in, I think a lot of people had their expectations shoot up because of what he did at Utah State and what he did at Wisconsin, which I think we're learning now anybody can win at Wisconsin. All you have to do is just play your easy Mm -hmm. uh, Big Ten East games and then uh, win your bowl game and possibly go to the Rose Bowl. But uh, for Jonathan Smith, this is going to be a good situation, not only because you're an alumni, but because you now have five years, in my opinion, five years to screw up as much as you want when – Two games next year, three the next, four the next. If you just do that and you keep winning one more game a year, that's enough That's enough of an accomplishment for me that I like you as my head
3: coach. I don't really think anything more than four wins or anything more than three wins uh, is a step forward. You oh, know, God, we, yeah. Well, if we won four I'll, games next year, I'll, that would be incredible. And I know a lot of times people think I'm kind of banging on the beaves, and I'm not because, to be honest, I really want Oregon State to do well. Like, I'm one of those guys. I don't have a dog in the fight. I didn't go to University of Oregon. I want to – I went to Western Oregon University for my first two years. And from there, I went to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Go Rebs. My team is always bad. The best football player from UNLV is Suge Knight. <laughs> outside, Wait, outside is he really? This. Yeah. I mean, he's the did he's Suge Knight the, he's played the, ball. He did. He did. He played football for, uh, and he was actually, he graduated like summa cum laude. He, like, he's a smart dude, and, you know, it, but he was also a huge player bully prick uh, you know what i'm saying yeah exactly he's violent kind he was he's he's not a cool dude but he's our best <laughs> football player that's way. who you have to hang your hat th- th- it's suge knight and I at you At UNLV
2: games Johnson. do they have like you know how at other college games they have banners of former players do they have like a suge knight one of him with a huge cigar it's, a, it's, like...
3: the, it's the death row picture of him and tupac and <laughs> and snoop dogg that's <laughs> kind of what it is but uh, a couple things if you don't know about jonathan smith if you missed the press conference which i thought he was awesome in his press conference he was a lot of coach speak but he was saying all the right things which that's what you want but you know i think back to last year and willie taggart's um intro kind of uh to to the to the media and a lot of coach speech you know we're gonna do this it's about tradition you're gonna put your hard hats on and kind of work and you know i think that's kind of what you what you have to say as you go into that situation but he's from the chris peterson coaching tree so that means he knows how to move the ball you know uh I'm looking at some of the wills notes that he wrote here and says Washington's offense is complicated and effective, and I think Oregon State's is not. No, it, it's
2: it, not. It hasn't
3: been. It hasn't been for a long time. And really, since I, I, I would say even before Sean Mannion really took the helm, I can't remember the last really good offense from Oregon State.
2: Our 2019 team was good, but it was never. When you had Quiz running the ball, that was pretty much the entire offense. I was going to say, gonna say Canfield, that Rose
3: Bowl team, that team that competed for, uh, was going to compete for yep, Rose Bowl. I think that
2: 0910 team, yeah. and the, it, it was good because Canfield came off of injury and he was playing really well off of his shoulder surgery. But uh, it's I, I'll agree with you. I think there's never been an offensive identity to Oregon State since that time. And the one thing that just pissed me off more than anything was coming into this year and seeing that Gary Anderson had adopted this uh, air it out style of offense where it was run and shoot. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, dude? You have like a 240 pound running back and you just got Thomas Tyner and you're not going to run the ball 30 or 40 times a game. It was
3: it was really with the the play calls. And at first with Gary Anderson, you were like, okay, first year uh, you move forward. Second year you won more games like okay well and then this he is won the going. friggin civil war and then after that it was just kind of but see here here's kind of what i wrestle with
2: so they won the civil war and then after that i had the expectation that i think they could win six games and get to a bowl game do you think i'm wrong for thinking that i'd I,
3: see i think that should be every team's expectation is six games like and i, t- I totally understand why uh People wouldn't say that about a bad team like, let's say, like how has been in the past or like Oregon State is now. I think six wins, that's, that means you, you win half of your games, just about, you know, so, yeah. somewhere, somewhere around there. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. So, no, I, don't, I, I, I think that's a, that should be the expectation. I don't care what program you are. If you're in the NFL and you're telling yourself you're only going to have a two-win season, your coach should be fired. Your GM should be fired. You
2: know, but what if you're like Kansas?
3: You shouldn't have a football program anymore. <laughs> I, th- I think it's time to close up shop with football. I think your I think your basketball program is breaking in just enough loot to where you don't. You
2: I think don't if need you win three games at Kansas, I, I think that's a that's yes. a huge accomplishment.
3: I well, yeah, I'm sure Rob would be. Excited yeah, oh, Rob about would be it.
2: just if yeah. if Kansas was back to Mangino level back in 08, rob would not shut up about it on the air
3: absolutely i i, I totally agree
2: with which you. by the way i really wanted to see uh mangino be a coaching candidate for the oregon state job
3: that would be awesome if that if, if it opens up for him but do you do you think he'd <laughs> <laughs> think he'd be interested i think yeah <laughs> i think mark mangino would take any
2: job he got right now now the problem would be once mangino got into the program would he start beating the kids yes that would be the that issue be that problem. you'd have to kind of work around. That
3: would be a problem, and <laughs> we live in this day and age to where you don't need any more of a media circus around <laughs> your program. But uh, it's funny that you mentioned us. Uh, well, we mentioned rock because um, I believe they were told that there is some talent on the Oregon State roster now. I'm trying to figure out where that could Yeah, be. Smith said
2: that you know? in the press conference where he was like, no, there's talent on this roster. We can win right now. I think I'm still I, looking for it, but... You know, Gary Anderson didn't have great recruiting classes, but he had fair ones to the point where you could put together a five-win team. Like, that's what bothered me so much about this last year because you saw the talent was there. And you knew it wasn't that upper echelon where you're winning nine or ten games, but you knew it was a team that you could put together and actually get to a bowl game, at least potentially. And it just feels like he squandered it because you friggin' throw Jake Luton out there, who looks like the prototypical quarterback, but sails the ball every yeah, single throw. Wasn't good. No,
3: he wasn't good wasn't at good. all. I, b- I believe he had uh, six touchdowns, eight interceptions on yes. the season. That those aren't Terrible. great numbers, you know, especially as you come into your senior season. So, so now that we know that Oregon State has a new coach. What's your expectation Uh three games next year? You won one this year, so maybe two more. That's definitely improvement. I say I think he gets, I'm going to say four games.
2: I'm going to say three at this point. I do want to hear from texters 55305 on the Bridgeport Beers text line, and I also wanted to read this text, which was amazing. came from the 503. Did you say Mangino was going to beat or eat his players?
3: <laughs> Probably both.
2: Beat and then eat
3: his players
2: (laughs) like he's hunting
3: yeah he's He's got to knock him out then world's world's, uh, deadliest game you know that's pretty much what what he's gonna play
2: I, i was taking a look at pictures of mangino back in 08 and i would encourage any listeners to go on google and look at mangino 08 because he looks like a bowling ball in a letterman's jacket I mean, I, I know there's a phrase for that where they're like, oh, he's a bowling ball, like he's, you know, shorter and larger. No, Mangino is in his own class. Like, he is a wrecking ball at a construction zone. Yes. yes. He is a large he's person. He's a big
3: dude. You remember how big Charlie Weiss was? You know, yes. Like kind of like that. Like, I have a hard time for a coach telling me about you know, control and you can't control your appetite. Even yeah. at point, We got one text here on the text line before we get out of here, but uh, you're really talking about three conference wins when you say six wins. So yeah, bold eligible is reasonable. I totally agree. You get three wins in your conference and you beat your little weak teams you're supposed to play when you play, you know, disrespect to Portland state or some of the other ones that you end up playing on your schedule. But if you can get those wins, you should be good. Okay. Coming up next, man, trailblazers. win three lose one, we're going to talk about what the hell's going on with the blazers. But first, Will has Sports Center.
2: Speaking of Charlie Weiss, by the way, I'm watching this uh, Big Twelve championship game. You yeah. know who they got it in the booth?
3: Uh Romeo Cornell.
2: No, dude, they got Brady Quinn up there.
3: Ha <laughs> He has the strongest chin I think I may have ever seen. Oh yes. Anyone. It's like a it's like a movie.
2: Brady you know, Quinn is also the greatest quarterback to look like a quarterback, but not a quarterback.
3: Oh, yeah. Brady Quinn. And I'll be honest. So do you remember the NCAA football game that used to come out?
2: Oh, hell yeah, dude.
3: Were you on one? any of those?
2: I was. And you're going to love this. I was on it, but I was black.
3: I was white for Western Oregon. <laughs> I was like, man, that ain't me. What are you talking about, man?
2: I, I almost think they did that so they didn't have to pay me my, my 35 cent check.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I still got a few <laughs> friends that say they've never received any of their...
2: Yeah, we're supposed to get checks from that because it's the Ed Bannon rule. That's why they yeah. don't make it anymore, right? Yeah, for
3: those who don't know, Ed, Ed Bannon was it? it was, yeah, 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 the UCLA uh, he, basketball player. He was on player. the cover of a, ba- a video game back in, I don't know, when was Ed Bannon Ninety six, like the 90s, yeah. Yeah, no, 96, 97. And he felt like he never got paid for that or he never got paid for it. And they've been making college games for years, and nobody was getting paid. So then they stopped, which is a huge... Which sucks because, man, I absolutely loved playing the college NCA football, football. Absolutely, especially could you could import your guys into Madden. Yes, and
2: yeah. then I
3: also like the fact that they had all the uniform
2: combinations. Yes, for some reason that was super satisfying to me. man
3: I was, man, I'd create a player and then put him on the Madden, and then you know just my my. My program was immaculate.
2: Man. Which, by the way, dude, you got to check out um, TCU's helmets today for the Big 12 title game. They have uh, you know that horn frog on there, but they did a bunch of acrylic crap that it, it's pretty sweet. Is it really?
3: What it's pretty was it? nice. What channel is it on? We'll you need to get on. on to Fox. Well, speaking of video games, uh, a, a video game character a creative player was in uh, was in town last night. The game here? Was mm, game no, that home? was the other in night. Milwaukee. Yeah, it was here. It was here. Okay. Yeah. I didn't go. I haven't been to a Blazer game yet, and hopefully I can get there. But the Greek Freak. At first, I was like, we got to come up with a better name for him than that. But it applies, man. Um, Yontis Antetokounmpo. And I remember last year when people were saying, well, he will be a much bigger star once people can pronounce his name. Well, when you're good enough, you learn how to say people's name. His name is Yontis Antetokounmpo. The Greek Freak. The Greek Freak. And I'm just going to call him Greek Freak because that's exactly what he is. Uh, he came out last night with 20 points, which doesn't sound like a lot. Okay, he's in the NBA, 20 points. But the nine rebounds he had was pretty big. The three steals and the three blocks that he had were huge. Well, yeah, and uh, more than anything for this game,
2: I, I kind of knew the Blazers would lose, right? Because when they played the Bucks last time, Giannis dropped something like 40, like 45 points. I think it was his career high at that point. Yeah. And... You knew they were going to lose, but you didn't think they would lose in this burning of a fashion because Aminu was coming back from being injured. I think he had missed like 12 games or not 12 games. Jesus, that's too much. He he had missed quite a lot of games and you kind of thought the defense would shore up and they'd have better perimeter shooting. But it, it just at this point, I feel like the Blazers are just good enough. To be mediocre,
3: I, I, which that
2: is like not saying a lot.
3: No, it's and currently I believe they sit. I believe I think it's fourth. They are fourth in the Western but Conference, but they're right
2: ahead. Now. They're uh, and this is a really important stat. They're uh, first in the
3: Northwestern Conference, or division. Are they really? Okay, <laughs> they're all <well>, very <laughs> which, good. By the way, well, it doesn't matter anymore. And, and, as I look at the schedule, it, it doesn't. It gives me gives me some pause just for a second because that they're beating teams. Yes, they're winning some games, but they're not beating the. Good ones, so they 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 beat teams like the Pacers. You're supposed to be, win that game. Uh, the Pelicans. You're supposed to win that game. Uh, the Raptors are a competitive team, and you lost that one. You're supposed to beat the Lakers. Everybody's beating the Thunder, so that's not out of the you know th- that seems reasonable that you did that. But
2: well, and I kind of felt like on their. Um- I kind of felt like with their road trip, because they went four and one on this road trip and they went three straight and they beat the Knicks and and they beat some other kind of quality teams. I know uh, Porzingis wasn't there. So
3: funny that we're saying the Knicks is a quality team now.
2: The Carmelo's gone. I know. I love that. But I I just feel like there was enough momentum that was carrying them that I kind of felt like they were going to go on this run where finally we understood how to use uh, use of Nurkic like you notice now Nurkic isn't rolling to the rim anymore and just throwing up crazy shots. He's actually picking himself up a little bit and then being a little bit more under control with that sky hook. Like, yeah. that's a good sign. But at the same time, there's this huge rotation that Terry Stotts is going through. Like, if you've noticed the past couple games, Pat
3: Connaughton's starting. And I'll be honest, I'm okay with it. I like, Pat, I like Pat Connaughton. I like what he's able to do on the floor. It seems like, you know, because you have another uh, a shooter, at least on the floor, you uh, yeah, he kind of spreads things out a little bit. You know, you can't so much key in on Dame and CJ around the perimeter. Now, Connaughton is a guy in a jumper that you have to really respect. I don't think you respect – you don't respect Evan Turner's jump shot. No. You don't respect Aminu's jump shot. No. you know, I mean, while it, it might go in every now and then, you're like, man, he's he can have that. Yeah. Connaughton isn't one of those guys you say, yeah, he can have that. You're going to make sure that you put some pressure on him. And I think in turn it's opened things up. So now you can't double Nurkic. You can't really double C uh, J or Dame on the perimeter, and you kind of have to play honest defense now. And I think that's the one thing. Now, mind you, it's been against. Hold on, let's let's see who they played. It's been against the Nets. Boo, the Wizards. Mm, they got John Wall, but boo. We got beat by the Nets too. Yeah, at one point. I mean, yeah. we've played. So I, <laughs> I think. I think. What's that game? D'Angelo uh, Russell went, mm-hmm. went. He went st- off. Dumb on on everybody, and then you beat the Knicks. Boo. Name two players in the Knicks that aren't named porzingis and courtney
2: uh, courtney lee that's actually a really good challenge i I bet yeah
3: i i i think at this point
2: right now with the blazers you just kind of have to assume that this is what it's going to be like for most of the season i i I know that there was a lot of there was a lot of hope coming into this year because you kind of felt like with those last 20 games with nurk it was going to repeat itself going into this year but I almost think Nurk losing all that weight, he lost something like 30 pounds during the offseason. He's not the same dude. He's not the same dude because he can't physically impose his will inside. Like, one of the best things I liked of last year was the fact that he would just get down there, post up, and just, push people out just of the way. Bigger.
3: He was just bigger than everyone. He was a and bigger dude. I think we live in this era of sports to where everybody wants to be lean and athletic. Like, you look at offensive linemen in the NFL and – these dudes look a like Dwyer. They're like they're super lean. You know that that big fat guy is that day is passe. That, that yeah. day is over. So Nurkic and mind you, Dame said this year he's gone vegan. Um, he's, I not believe that. Yeah, no, it's which is everybody goes vegan. I'm not doing it, but I mean, I went vegan else, for a month. You've been vegan for a month.
2: I I went vegan for a month.
3: Oh, well, I was going to say why would you do such a thing? It
2: destroyed my life. So to do tell you, you hate meat? No, I I just eat fish now. But uh, let me tell you something about being a vegan. Being vegan, they tell you, like, if you read on any website or speak to somebody who's uppity enough that they've done it for more than a month, they'll tell you you have more energy. You do not have more energy. You have no energy whatsoever if you're vegan. You're you're basically living off of fruit from sugar and any other type of sugar source. You cannot have dairy, which sucks, so no eggs. I don't even like
3: milk and, like, stuff like that. But if I can't have cereal, that's a problem. And I'm not drinking any almond milk. Ew. Almond milk, sorry. Oh, it's gross, bro. It's <laughs> gross, bro. Uh, We got a couple texts here on the bridge, Fort Beers text line. Giannis is one of the quickest spin moves I've ever seen. He's got some of the quickest feet, especially for him being damn near seven feet in the way he moves. It's super crazy. They beat OKC. They beat Washington. OKC, everybody's beating them right now. Ask Russell Westbrook as he sits on the bench and kind of stools about it. Like, everybody's beating them dudes. Right and now. I
2: love the fact that since uh, Carmelo Anthony's been there, they suck.
3: I don't, I, listen, we can't blame that on Melo. That's not Melo's fault. That's not that's not Melo. What has What has Paul George done since he's been there? That's not Melo's fault. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, mind you, I'm a big Carmelo Anthony fan. Uh, I mean, mind you, while I know he's incredibly one sided as as a ball player, AKA doesn't
2: play defense.
3: Well, that's. I mean, most guys don't play defense. Lots of guys don't play defense. He's not the only one. Dame doesn't play defense. It's true. Well, well, no.
2: Here's the difference I'll give. Dame plays defense not very well. You know Uh, what I'm saying? Like, it looks like he tries. I will say I, I agree with you on that, but like Dame tries for maybe like two quarters to play defense. And then by the end of it, he's just like, you know, and I'm not going to win this. Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll just play to my help side. Yeah, And it's I think fun. that's
3: what's what's <laughs> kind of the big uh, kind of the bad part about defense. It's all about energy and effort. And you can see who's not giving the effort. Uh, a couple of texts before we get out of here. Uh, this is Stott's 10th season. Uh, his teams only beat playoff teams 30% of the time. His system doesn't work. He never plays his young guys, and his rotations are inconsistent, which makes player roles confusing. I would tend to agree with I that. I would absolutely. This has been what we've talked about, what we've talked about, about Terry Stotts for the past few years. Your rotations, what are you doing? How come he's not in the game? Why isn't he playing more? Why isn't he in the fourth quarter? Those. That's been the story of Terry Stotts, but I think we – we give him the benefit of the doubt because the one thing everybody says is, well, look what he did with Dallas. Like, he helped Dirk and Dallas get a championship, and they beat the Blazers when he did it. That was, like, 10 years ago. Well, you also have to look at the personnel that he's dealing with. Like, seven. look at look at the
2: starting lineup right now, and you tell me if there's any discernible difference in what players pay, play positions. You basically have two guards and two forwards out there and then use of Nurkic because Pat Connaughton and Noah Vonley are essentially... Almost the same player. Not, Vonley plays a little bit more defense, but he's mm-hmm. kind of a stretch four. Yeah. And Conanton should be a two, but he plays the three. And then Dame and CJ are practically the same player. Exact and same then player. you have Nurk in the middle. I, there's not enough, there's not enough variety in the starting lineup to actually give you enough options. When yeah. it comes down to it, when the Blazers are losing, it turns into Dame jacking up three pointers from almost the half court line and CJ trying to play ISO ball.
3: And I love Dame, but that there's nothing that makes me I'm I know. More furious than but that you shot. love it when it goes in. When it goes in. goes in, I'm like, all right, but damn it, if you do that again, <laughs> you're on the bench next to me. That's what I'm pretty <laughs> sure Terry Stotts is saying. Okay, um, coming up next. Uh, oh wow, this is something I haven't done before. Good versus evil. Good versus evil. You're gonna like it. I'm looking forward to it. Right here on Center of the Saints. 1080 Fan.
0: Come.
1: Not all news makes the front page. Oh so now's the time to look at the stories you may not need to know about. Was a camera but you'll be glad you did. It's time for good versus evil with the center and the saint on 1080. The fan. Big and missing. He's fouled. He's going to get a tech, and he's out of here. LeBron has just been ejected. Uh, it's frustrating. It's frustration. That's all it that is. That's the first ejection of LeBron James' career. No way.
2: That's excited man in a suit and Cavaliers play-by-play broadcaster Fred McLeod. And the most shocking thing in the world happened this past week. LeBron James got ejected for the first time during a 108-97 win against the Heat. It happened after he missed a layup and argued with a ref that he was fouled. This happened in the third quarter, and he still scored 21 points, by the way. Kevin Durant also got tossed from last night's game for the same thing. Do you think this is a sign that officials don't regard LeBron and Durant and some of the older
3: players as super elite any longer? Uh, uh I think it's one of those things to where you, you're looking at a bunch of guys who are, and the referees are tired of just hearing you whine and complain. Like Kevin Durant, has made a career on being the kind of guy that complains a lot of times. LeBron is probably the biggest complainer. And, I mean, I think LeBron's gone his entire career without getting ejected. He should have been ejected a few times in his career, but he doesn't because he's LeBron James, because he's seen as untouchable by the rest of the NBA and really the rest of sports. Like, LeBron is Teflon. Like, nothing gets through to that dude. Like, he has, between Rich uh, Rich Brooks and Maverick Carter and his whole team of people, like, they make sure that, that dude is bulletproof. So, it's crazy to me that this is the first time he got ejected. He should have been ejected, though, because he, the way he came at the ref was low-key crazy. Kevin Durant told the ref to F you in any, in any sport. Well, I don't care if you're playing hockey or if you're playing, but you tell the ref to F you, then you're going to be ejected sentence. from the game. Yeah. And Kevin Durant is kind of showing how sensitive he is anyway. I'm not a big KD fan anymore. You know, uh, he's he shown me a lot with his past couple of years in Golden State.
1: Started this week, I was going to play the first half, and Gino was going to start the second half. But where, you know, eventually they're going to start working in uh, Davis. And, you know, what, you know, it, you know I, I thought I was just starting and playing to keep a streak alive. And uh, I didn't think that's the right thing.
2: That was an 11-year-old child living in a 36-year-old man's body, Eli Manning, and the streak is Was he over. crying? Yeah, he was crying. Sound sounded like he was crying. Yeah. After starting for 210 games, the younger Manning brother will be sitting behind Geno Smith, and I'll just let that one sink in. The 2-9 and nine Giants, along with now Coach Ben McAdoo, think they have a better chance to win with Geno Smith. Surprisingly, a bunch of NFL players current and past took to Twitter to show their support for Manning. Tom Brady was among one of them.
3: He says it's an unfortunate situation. What's your take? Um, I don't know what's worse. Ben McAdoo's coaching career. Or his hair. Or, or, or his hair or possibly Geno Smith's playing career. Like, <laughs> each of them have been equally as disappointing. I had big expectations for the Giants this year. Um, if you listen to this Football Sunday, I've said I think Odell Beckham Jr. is the best player in football at any position. I mean, I was just the things that, that guy is able to do. And Eli Manning uh, has really been in, in a... Kind of messed up situation with have not having a great offensive line, no real running back, uh, no real target outside of ODB for the past few years. And yet, still, they've still been able to kind of make things happen. I thought this was the wrong move, though. Eli, I thought, deserved much more than he got. Uh, he's given everything to the New York football giants, and I think they should have done a better job of taking care of him. Although, I will say this, what they were doing is trying to make sure they could be in position to go out and get a new quarterback, get another get quarterback. Sam Darnold you know, Sam or Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen and one of these new guys coming in. That's what he's trying to do. That's what they're trying to do is trying to set that up. Now, if they just came, Eli, and said, hey, we're looking at the number uh, uh, the number one pick, potentially. Man, we're just gonna put a bow on the season and sit you on the bench. Yeah, why wouldn't you, because it looks like they're actually trying to win games. Yeah, yeah, but you're trying, you're trying to win games, and if you're trying to win games, Geno Smith is not the answer. You can ask anybody that's ever watched any football, Geno Smith is trash.
1: Didn't know what to expect, because uh, I hadn't played, I hadn't competed. T-Gray! I haven't had a fuse back before in my life. Um, these are all new things. And as you can see that, um, Even with the fuse back, I still have some speed out there.
2: That was the man that enjoys a golf club and a glass of scotch with pills, Tiger Woods. And the 14-time major winner has been swinging away during the Hero World Challenge this past week. He shot a 468 yesterday, Mm -hmm. moving him into contention for his first tournament win in four years. His last title was in 2013, and he's ranked 1,199. Wow. Since Woods was arrested back in August, many have speculated if he could make this comeback work. How much longer? Do you see Tiger playing at this high level? Oh, at a high level, at this high level—the oh, one he's playing right now. How he's playing
3: right now? Okay, uh, another three days, another <laughs> week. You know, I mean, you don't really, think he'll get out of this tournament. Many, I mean, how home? many times has Tiger played a tournament, um, got close to the Masters, and had to withdraw? It's, this is this has been the kind of the story of Tiger Woods' career as of late, and it sucks because much like Kobe Bryant, um, he's been great his entire career, and now injuries have really. Plagued the last few years of his career so all we think about is bad tiger and we think about the arrest tiger and the drugs and the the waffle house chicks and stuff like that like that's that's what we think of tiger now we don't think of him as the youngest person to win the masters you know super whatever. hot waffle chicks yeah but super i mean uh, I, I guess that's just a matter of perspective but they <laughs> they were they were waffle they were a chicks from the waffle place nonetheless but i think tiger should just play major tournaments uh, see if you can make the cut for the Masters. Play that. Make the cut for, you know, uh, the Open. Play that. Like, yeah. don't go to, like, right now he's playing. Maybe you know like know a what. warm-up tournament he's, or something. Yeah, but, he's yeah. playing in, like, the Bengay Open or whatever it is right the now. Heroes Challenge. Yeah, like, that's not, don't, the, you don't need to play in that one, Tiger. If you're going to play, play the big money things. This way, more eyes are going to be on those, uh, on those productions. All right. This is your
2: first time doing this, so I'll let you know. This is my favorite story of the week. Something a little not sports. Let's hear it. All right, this one comes from India. India. Do you know how many people live in India?
3: Uh, I want to say it's like, um, it's like it's like a billion number, right? Is it? Is it that mean? It I don't a, think that's right. Or is there? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Thirty-five million. I think it's higher than that, though. Is it? All right, I give up. <laughs> I give up. I'm really bad at math.
2: Doctors say they found 263 coins and 100 nails in the stomach of a man who was complaining of pain. The man told doctors that he is a rickshaw driver in India, and it caused him to have depression. Because of the depression, he would swallow coins that he got from people as a rickshaw driver.
1: What? (laughs) This guy.
3: So he didn't expect anything to be wrong with your stomach when you were swallowing copper? And steal, like you thought that would be okay. Well, he's a rickshaw driver, I guess. Oh, okay, right. Well, yeah. So, of course, like that <laughs> makes all the sense in the world, then, right? <laughs> no, I, I, wow, like I, it's not, it's surprising, but um, what, what's the weirdest thing you've ever swallowed? Giggity, uh, uh, I don't know if I can say that, no, oh. all right, something that's weirdest not thing, like uh, that. I, uh, did you
2: ever have that as have a you kid? you ever had chitlins? We're chitlins.
3: Oh, okay. Well let me drop dime. Let me drop, you know, some knowledge on for those of you who, who aren't familiar. Um, chitlins are pig intestines, but it's just the outer lining of the pig intestines. So first, usually your grandmama puts them in the the sink and cleans them like that. she takes one layer of pig intestine away, throws it away because that's where the crap and everything travels through. Uh, of course. And then you keep the other part, you boil them with some onions and sage, and then you put hot sauce all over them and i i i'll be honest i don't think they're good i mean i, I mean i think they're that good i don't disgusting. think they're bad i don't think they're bad they're an acquired taste they're kind of rubbery here here's how i'll put it think about
2: chitlins if they were from humans like think if we made a chitlin out of like some dude's intestines
3: like would you eat that what kind of hot sauce do we have
2: Cholulu. then yes <laughs> you got a stronger stomach than I do.
3: No, I'm saying they Your sound. Your stomach is eating a stomach. They sound terrible. Absolutely, they sound terrible. And during the the prep part where they're making them, they smell like mm. but actually Potatoes? when you when you eat them, it's a Thanksgiving <laughs> delicacy. Um, it's I don't it's probably a cultural thing. You know, most a lot of black households uh, will have chitlins, um for for Thanksgiving and some of those things. So. so it's
2: like black households have chitlins, and then like white households have a huge thing of mayonnaise in the middle
3: boom or like some type of casserole. Yeah, Casseroles aren't really on the Thanksgiving table, you know, for for us. So so it's one of those things. But this one has rosemary in it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll bring you some chitlins, though. You'll try them, at least try some, and kind of see what you think. Okay. (laughs) Coming (laughs) up next, man, why has it been so hard to hire a college football coach? We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on Center and the Saint, 1080 The Fan.
0: Okay, picture this.